are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Sun Devils fans, to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Today, me and Connor are going to sit down and look at three players on the Colorado Buffaloes football team to take a look at this weekend for the upcoming matchup. We're also going to take a look at Herm Edwards' history in Week 1 matchups in the Pac-12 schedule. Finally, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to take a look at the jerseys that Arizona State has worn this year. We're going to rank them. And then, just for giggles, we're going to go ahead and talk about some of our other favorite jersey combinations that the Sun Devils have worn throughout the years. You are listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. There is no better place to get all of your Pac-12 conference news than the Locked On Pac-12 podcast, hosted by Cindy Robinson. Follow the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back, Sun Devils Nation. This is the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. I am one of your hosts, Richie Bradshaw, joined always by my good friend and co-host, Connor Drios. Make sure you follow the three of us on Twitter, at RichieBrads36, at CDrios, and at LO underscore Sundevils. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. We put up great content Monday through Friday, although great is kind of subjective. Depends who you ask. My mom tells me it's great. Everyone on Twitter also tells us it's great. Yeah, uh, people tell me I'm really stupid and should you know, like jump off a cliff, but that's neither here nor there. The point is we just, we put out great content Monday through Friday and we like to talk about the Sun Devils. And if you like the Sun Devils, then maybe you should give us a listen sometime. But anyways, let's go ahead and start talking about the Sun Devils. But before we start, Connor, how are you? Doing okay. I feel like once it gets to Wednesday, Thursday throughout the week, I'm just, I've, I've previewed our matchup. I've looked over the team. And I'm just ready to go. I, I really don't want to wait for Saturday to come. I'm just, and especially after a loss. It's so much worse after a loss because then you have to wait that whole extra week just to get back in the win column, right? Like, at least if you win a game, you have that, that feel-good feeling throughout the rest of the weekend. Yeah, you and get maybe, to ride that high. Yeah, you get, you get the first couple days of the week until you have to really start kicking it back in the gear. Okay, we have another opponent who could either be tougher or easier. It just, I've had that sitting, after having to watch that game on Saturday night, it's just... I've been stewing over it, and I'm ready for a Sun Devils win. Yeah, I think all of us have been stewing on it. That's a, that's a word. Stewing? like What, you don't have word of the day toilet paper? Come on, man. That, that That's a word. It's a thing. Yeah, I guess I'll give you that. We Arizona State alumni like to pride ourselves on having a vast vocabulary. So, stewing is a word that not a lot of people use. That's how I am. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, I'm like you said, I'm just I'm ready for Saturday to get here, and not just because it's the weekend or the fact that I'm a teacher and my students drive me crazy. Shout out to all y'all. I still love you to pieces. But I'm ready for this weekend because I'm ready to see the Sun Devils kick off their Pac-12 conference play. For the remainder of the year, we're just going to be facing the Pac-12 South and a few select teams from the North, and we're really going to find out what this team is about. We're going to see if this is truly a Pac-12 contender, if this is a Pac-12 South favorite. There's all sorts of stuff that we're going to find out this weekend. And 
I'm really looking forward to and anticipating a big win for the Sun Devils. We took a, what, like a, a three-game sample size for Colorado yesterday in terms of their offense and how, to put it bluntly, unimpressive the offense has been so far. The defense, however, that's a totally different story. In terms of players to watch for this game, there's a couple players, at least on defense, that I'm looking out for that I think could make a big impact. First off, I want to talk about Nate Landman. He's one of their linebackers. In his senior season, he leads the team in tackles at 27. Uh, he's got uh, one forced fumble, which is tied for the, the team lead. Uh, has five tackles for a loss. The dude is absolutely all over the field. When you talk about the strength of ASU, they're always going to want to run the ball, right? And no matter who is out there, whether it's Chip Trainum, Rashad White, or uh, Jaden Daniels running, or Danny Nagata, Nate Landman is going to try to be the kryptonite to ASU's run game. Yeah, and Landman is actually a very well-established player within the Pac-12 already. He is a two-time first-team Pac-12 defensive player. Stud linebacker, he's big, he's 6'3", but he's also slim at 215, so he's able to get around the field quickly, knife through the defense and make plays in the backfield, as evident by his five tackles for loss in three games on the year. Knowing how much the Sun Devils are going to love running the football, He's going to have a major impact on this game, and we're going to see him flying and flashing in the backfield, trying his absolute best to stop the Sun Devils' run game. And I'll tell you that he's going to be marginally successful in the in the in the sense that he will be the only one that can slow down this offense. With no offense to anyone else in that Colorado defense, no one is near Landman's level of play. And because of that, there's going to be a lot of onus on Landman to command his defense more than he already does. And I don't know if I have faith in him to be the only guy who tries to stop one of the 10 best rushing attacks in football. And if I'm ASU, I'm scheming ways to get him double and maybe even triple teamed and blocking assignments. Yeah, absolutely. So... It, it can't just be a one-man show. If it is him trying to stop the run alone, we are going to wear him down, and we will get um, ours in terms of the run game. So maybe they are running away from him or at least trying to give the Sun of us the best opportunity not to have to make a, a force tackle or break a tackle uh, against Nate Landman. Somebody else I want to highlight, not in, in terms of their defensive line or their linebackers, Makai Blackman. Now, he is one of their corners um, heading into his junior season. Um he has been a shutdown corner for them. Not getting as much looks this year, so when you look at his total stats, there's nothing necessarily that pops out. He's got one interception of the year, only nine total tackles, uh, five solo and four assisted. But I would chalk that up to they're not throwing to his side of the field. So they're going to take him and ideally lock down one of our receivers. While it may not be the strength of our run game, we've consistently talked about how ASU needs to get the passing game going. And if he's going to potentially take away your best weapon in what we think is a Andre Johnson, it's going to make it that much more difficult. And Blackman is a very long, lean cornerback. He stands at six feet tall, can scratch his kneecap without bending over, and good, sticky coverage. His his one aspect where I question him is he's very slight of frame. They have him marked at only 170 pounds. So if he gets up against one of the many physical receivers that Arizona State has. I'm curious how many of those battles he wins. He's going to need to have blanket coverage to the point where Jaden doesn't even want to test throwing at him. And who would blame him? Because Blackman is a stud. But I will tell you that with that famous 
deep shot to Andre Johnson that is marketed once per game for Arizona State. I like Andre Johnson's chance. First of all, obviously, he's taller, but he's a lot bigger, too, and he's a lot more physical. So I like the chances of throwing up a back shoulder fade to Andre Johnson in a resemblance to a Nikhil Harry or a Jalen Strong and basically just telling Blackman early on that you're not going to be able to outmuscle this defense. So you can be as great a cover man as you want. In the pros, it's going to look it's going to work a lot better than it does in college because in college you got guys who are able to win for just being big and strong. We've talked before. Once you get to the pros, there's two ways to create separation: speed and route running. In college, you can just be a big body. I mean, look at guys like Hakeem Butler in his heyday with Iowa State Cyclones. I mean, he was just unstoppable across the middle and in the end zone, but it turns out he can't separate. And that was the story with Jalen Strong and Nikhil Harry as well. So that could very well be Andre Johnson. Granted, he's also very young and still developing, but right now that would be his game. And I have faith in him to be that guy who can just catch those back shoulder fades and out-physical everyone. So, tangent aside, the point is I want to see if Blackman can hang with these big physical receivers that the Sun Devils are employing. At the end of the day, I, I don't necessarily care how good your defender is. If you have, if your wide receiver is the best weapon you have on offense, you have to get them involved somehow. Whether that is trying to move them around pre-snap, um, or at least when they get one-on-one looks, trying to give them a contested catch, which Andre Johnson may be able to excel at, especially with uh, a couple more inches uh, on Blackman. But I, I think they'll at least target him, whether they uh, are going to pay for it because Blackman is knocking passes down or he gets an interception. Um, I think that'll let them know where they need to scheme uh, and change their game plans going forward. But they've got to at least take shots at him, especially with a guy as good as Andre Johnson can be. You can't not take him out of the game just because they have a good matchup there. Last player I want to highlight, we did talk about him yesterday. Uh, but it's going to be their quarterback, Brandon Lewis. Uh, he is still technically a freshman after last year's COVID-ridden season. Not the most impressive passer so far this year. However, we yet head into another week where we are facing a mobile quarterback, somebody who can take you apart with their legs. And <laughs> for the last two weeks at least, we haven't been very successful at stopping that run. So now we ask that question again, are we going to be able to stop Brandon Lewis on the ground? Yeah, and people don't seem to fully grasp the fact that Lewis is truly a dual-threat quarterback. So where he lacks the arm talent to tear you apart through the air, he makes up for it as a as, as a runner. I mean, on the year, he's got 93 rushing yards and 3.9 yards of carry. Doesn't seem like a lot. But take into the fact that he's taken a large handful of sacks uh, I don't I don't know the number off the top of my head. He's he's closer to like 130, 140 on the ground this year after the sacks. Yeah, and I mean, you take away those few quote-unquote carries for the sacks, and he's going to be easily north of five yards carry, maybe even north of six yards of carry as a runner. So he's a problem. And Arizona State did a solid job bottling up Jaren, Jaren Hall last week against BYU. But Brandon Lewis is just another guy who's going to test this defense early and often, especially with this secondary more than likely being able to lock down what the Buffaloes are trying to do on the outside perimeter. It's going to be interesting to see if they can slow down Lewis and the Buffalo run game, because if they do that, then there's a really good chance that Arizona State could just shut these guys completely down. I'm not saying blowout special, but I am saying 
that this defense can put on a spectacle. Any closing thoughts, Connor? No, I think that's it. They definitely, regardless of their record, they've got a couple players to watch. But with that being said, let's get to our next segment. Perfect. So after the break, we're going to go ahead and talk about what a Sun Devils win would mean for Herm Edwards and his history in the Pac-12. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. This episode of the Locked on Sun Devils is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's nearly impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questions such as, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find a solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in our How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we're back. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Richie Bradshaw, joined always by Connor Drios. So, I promised you guys that we were going to go ahead and take a look at Herm Edwards' Pac-12 history. And more specifically, we're going to look at his Week 1 endeavors against the Pac-12. So, obviously, Arizona State typically starts the year with three games against non-conference rivals right before diving into Pac-12 conference game for the remainder of the season. So... Herm Edwards came to Arizona State in 2018. We're going to go ahead and take a look at his history since then. So, starting out in 2018, the Sun Devils started out 2-1 in the first three weeks and then kicked off Pac-12 play at Washington to take on the Huskies. They ended up losing that game 20-27. So what I want to preface is, in Herm Edwards' first three seasons, the whole point in this segment is Herm Edwards has never won the first game against Pac-12 play. And while that not might not necessarily be a big deal if you look at his overall record, but this is a must-win game for, for ASU in terms of like, we talked yesterday about them getting back on track and having a statement win, especially after coming off a tough loss against BYU. Back in 2018, he had that great win against Michigan State after beating Texas University of Texas San Antonio week one. And we then were both at that game. We were at that game. And then losing to San Diego State immediately after. The game against Washington, it was only 20-27. to 27. So that's his first game against Pac-12 play. It is a close loss. Then we head to 2019. And we have wins against both Kent State, Sacramento State, and then again, back-to-back seasons, Michigan State, where the ASU won on that field goal. I so got 3-0 start. 3-0 start there. Ironically, uh, Herm Edwards and company then lose to Colorado their first game of Pac-12 play. But the score of that game was 31-34. to So he's got two games where they've, as far as game ones against Pac-12 opponents, where they've only lost by 10 total points. I mean, this, this first week one, or not week one, but first game against Pac-12 opponents win has just, just eluded him. So then we head to 2020, and, and remind you, this is the COVID year. So maybe there are some players that didn't get as much practice as they could have. Uh, but it is essentially a, a pretty good game against USC. 
They were in control most of the game. And then they ended up losing 28-27 to on a last-second touchdown to their tight end. Yeah, that was Chip Trianum's big welcoming party. He was absolutely dominant against the Trojans in that game. But Jaden was off. Looking at the stat sheet, he completed less than 50% of his passes, and they only threw for 100, 134 yards. They did churn out 258 yards on the ground. So this is going to be the team that we're looking more specifically at is because that Sun Devils team was predicated on running the football, and the vast majority of that team is back now for 2021. So we look at that team, we can expect more or less the same. Hopefully, better numbers in the passing category. We can definitely expect a much better percentage. Jaden's not going to complete 47.8% of his passes. He's been completing right around 70% for this season. So I would imagine that he maintains himself in the high 60s, mid to high 60s, I should say. And then you're hoping for close to 200 yards, a couple deep bombs here and there. But just stay to your strengths. Keep running the football because there, there's not going to be very many teams in college football that can slow down what you've got going on with those three running backs and your mobile quarterback. When you're looking at a box score, or in this case, like a game log, you're missing so much context. In this case, we're previewing what Colorado has done the last few weeks. We're not necessarily looking back at 2018, 19, and 2020, not knowing exactly what the state of where our opponents were, what ASU was looking like. All we're looking at is, is just sheer numbers. Right now, we're looking at a a struggling Colorado offense. And we expect our defense, which is one of our huge strengths, to be able to take care of business. If they were to lose this game, they would be 2-2 two and two on the year, being 0-1 in conference play against one of your easier games all year, or at least against your Pac-12 opponents. It's, it's, I mentioned earlier, it's going to be a must-win game, and you can obviously argue that it's way too soon to talk about that. But if you have to win games that, at the end of the year, when you look back, opponents that you have to take care of, Colorado is absolutely one of those opponents. Yeah, I mean, there should be no excuses, especially playing at home. But this would be huge to change the narrative of Arizona State's previous successes in the Pac-12 South, particularly for Herm Edwards, since obviously that's a division we play in, and it's a division we're trying to win in order to go to the conference championship game. So it would be a huge change of fortunes for Arizona State to finally get in the win column for the first game of Pac-12 play. Like, it just, it, it almost feels like this is a must-win game, and there is a lot of pressure mounting on Edwards and the rest of the coaching staff and the football team to win this game. There, there's a lot at stake here, even though it's only week four. You need to start setting a precedent for being a team that can be feared and contend in the Pac-12. I just want the momentum going back the other way. Uh, again, all the credit in the world to BYU. That was a good BYU Cougars team. But if you suffer back-to-back losses going up against your UCLA's or your USC's or your Utah's, I just don't. I, I wouldn't say I'd feel good about the rest of the season. So go make that statement win, no matter what the box score looks like. Just go dominate all facets of the game. Play a totally clean game in terms of the penalties, and let's get our momentum going towards the rest of the Pac-12 play. Yeah, and for what it's worth, I do have a lunch bet with one of my fellow teachers that. The Sun Devils will win by 28.5 or more. So I would very much appreciate a blowout special, considering you guys seem to listen to the podcast. Well, Mr. You guys Mr. Bradshaw, we normally take the under so far on ASU. You're going to take, or we'll get into that segment tomorrow, but are you going to take the over on that? 
Yates. All right, you heard it here first. We'll, we'll get into a little bit more of the spreads and odds in next week's, or sorry, tomorrow's podcast, uh, but you have a little preview of that in terms of Richie's opinion. But until then, we're going to go into our final break. When we come back, we're going to talk uniforms because there's nothing sexier than a good-looking uniform. And it's like the famous Deion Sanders loves to say, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good. And of course, you play good, they pay good. But we're not really getting paid at the moment outside of sponsorship deals that the players get. They're not getting contracts. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, when you look good, you play good. And I'm counting on the Sun Devils to be playing good because those uniforms are absolute fire. We'll go ahead and talk about that after the break. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. All right, Sun Devil fans, I'm going to talk about something uncomfortable. I'm going to talk about sweating when you least expect it. Have you ever had a job interview or you're having a conversation with a family member or friend and you just start sweating excessively and you have no idea what to do about it? Unfortunately, this happens to me all the time or at least more times than I care to admit. That is why I love using SweatBlock. SweatBlock is doctor created and doctor recommended. It works up to seven days per use and it has a dry shirt guarantee. If SweatBlock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters, it is a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews, and is currently number one in the Amazon antiperspirant category. Manufactured in the USA, wear what you want to wear, your little secret to confidence. This is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon and CVS. Hey, college football fans looking for a great place to go and spend all your money? Then look no further than Bet Online. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget, use the promo code Locked On. And we're back for the final segment of this Thursday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. We've already talked about three players to watch for the Colorado Buffaloes. We've talked a little bit about what it means for Herm Edwards and the Sun Devils to get a week one win in the Pac-12 conference play. And now we're going to go ahead and talk about something that everyone loves to talk about, and that's uniform combinations. Connor, the Sun Devils are rocking a very interesting gold jersey, maroon pants, and on the shoulders, they have the Arizona flag in maroon and gold. With with yellow helmets as well, and the traditional Sparky logo. That's called their Valley Heat Reverse Retro uniform is what they're calling it. Bless you. All I'm saying is it's hot. Like, you can shorten it however you want. I, I think when we talk about the peak of college football uniforms, we always think of... Oh, Oregon. That it's always going to be Oregon. They've got phenomenal color combinations. I think that honestly has to be one of the main reasons people want to go play there regardless of their success as a team, coaching staffs, anything. People want to go play in those uniforms. For what it's worth, do you know the reason why they get those uniforms? I don't. So, fun fact for you, Connor, and the rest of our listeners, 
the CEO of Nike is a Oregon alumnus. So he struck a deal with Oregon to create the best of the best jerseys. And oh my God, their, their worst jerseys are still some of the best. Like I know a lot of people aren't crazy about like their highlighter yellow. Oh, beautiful. The way that they incorporate the feathers into all of their jerseys. Oh my God, Connor, I kid you not. I have not seen a single Oregon Ducks jersey that I didn't like. And I'm so proud to say that the Sun Devils have have gotten to that level where I've yet to see a Sun Devils uniform combination that I just couldn't stand. And so far, we've had great uniforms this year, and we're only going to get better uniforms. I, I did know that fact. I take it back. Now let's just say that. Um, well, for those of you who didn't know, there's your little fun fact. They made a deal with the Devil when they should have made a deal with the Sun Devils and gotten the better uniforms. But That's ironic. It is ironic. So Oregon definitely has the best uniforms hand down. But... Unbiasedly, I, I think even if you're a U of A fan, you can't even hate Arizona State's uniforms. So we've got four so far this year, three they've already played with on the field, and then the fourth one that they're previewing for this week. Richie, let's go from least favorite to favorite. Oh man, that's like asking a Beatle his favorite Beatles song. So I, oh my goodness, and we got them right in front of us, and I'm just, I, I love all of these uniforms. Oh, man. Seriously. Uh, just count to three and I'll pick one. Okay. One, two, three. All right. I'll say that the traditional uniforms that we wear, which are the maroon tops and the gold bottoms, are my quote-unquote least favorite. They're just – they're traditional. They look good. They feel good. And they play good in them, as, as Deion Sanders would have told us. And I mentioned that in the last segment, but I can't stress that enough. So – Put a gun to my head, that's probably last place for me, but it's not It's not an insult. For me, number four is, the, is against UNLV. The helmets are to die for. When I saw those on Twitter, those were phenomenal. The rest of it, their jersey is okay. It's just a standard maroon with gold lettering uh, for the number and then the name on the back of their jersey. And then just white pants, it's not a bad look. Uh, the helmet was, whoever designed that, absolutely a phenomenal job. But to me, so far, that would be my number four. Richie, to you, for your number three this year, what is your third least favorite jersey? That's going to be the one you just brought up is going to be my number three. Is those, those maroon tops with the white bottoms and those helmets are just absolutely outstanding. The, the maroon look with the gold numbering is just beautiful. Uh, to, total bias here, but I love Arizona State's color scheme because it's so unique compared to other teams. Like, uh, that, that team down south in Tucson, red and blue. Wow, classic. No one's ever done that before. They're also the Wildcats. No one's ever done that either. Yeah, seriously. Way to be unique, friggin' University of Arizona. Yeah, I can't even imagine not being Arizona State. By the way, 70-7. to 7. But anyways, the, the maroon and gold is just such a clean look. And to incorporate it into a maroon top with gold numbering and lettering... Just looks great, even with the white bottoms. Like it just it stands out. It looks really good, and I love it. That's probably my number three. So it's gonna flip flop here. My number three would be just the standard uh, standard uniforms that they played against uh, week one. It's still a great look. There's nothing necessarily wrong with it. It's just some of the other. Um, I don't even want to call them like off combinations that they have. They're just more unique that they have that they haven't had maybe in years past. Um, so to me, that one's my number three, and I really like each of the last two. So Richie, I feel like I already know where you're going with this. What is your second least favorite? 
Uh, can we say second, my second most favorite? Second favorite. Yeah, there's definitely not a least favorite here. I I definitely as as much as I love the ones we're about to wear this week, they're going to be my number two. So I love I love the inverse where it's a gold a gold top with maroon lettering. They got the maroon bottoms too. Looks good. Love the helmets. Love the classic Sparky. Anytime that Arizona State incorporates the classic Sparky logo into their uniforms, I'm in love. You already that that is the quickest way to my heart. That is a nostalgia factor. That's what I grew up with before the pitchfork became the biggest claim to fame for Arizona State was Sparky. I I just love that we continue to incorporate him. And of course those shoulders with the with the Arizona State flag, phenomenal. The whole jersey is just perfection. It is chef's kiss. For me, it's going to be the blackout. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal look. Uh, definitely very clean. Also very intimidating, especially with the visors. Uh, not much to say. They've done blackout jerseys before. Uh, they've got on the helmet the uh, pitchfork and the line going down the center are also black. I feel like I wish they would have left that maroon as well with maybe a little bit of maroon highlights in the jersey, but still a great combo, uh, which would leave us uh, essentially flip-flopping our favorites here. So, Chi, you're going to go with the all-black. I am. Those all-black with the yellow helmets just look great. And the yellow lettering as well. And it just It's a great look. I loved what they were able to make out of the numbers and the, uh, the, the design in the black where you can see the flag of Arizona as well. Like, it just, it, it was such a good look. The only thing it was missing was maroon. If you could have incorporated maroon somewhere in there, it, it would have been like S tier, one of the three best jersey combos that Arizona State has ever put together. Agreed. Uh, so for me, my favorite is going to be the ones that are rocking in week four against Colorado. Uh, just very unique. I, I like the uh, gold base to it. Uh, so that is the reverse angle that they're going for there. Love the flag on the shoulder pads. And of course, you can't go wrong with Sparky. Uh, it's been a while since they've had, they've had Sparky in their uniforms. I, I don't dislike the pitchfork that they have now. Uh, both are phenomenal, but always got to go with the Sparky logo. Yeah, and then just just to hit on a couple other of our favorite jersey combinations. So the the classic Sun Devils jerseys with the white tops, the yellow bottoms, and the yellow helmets with with Sparky on it, absolutely amazing. I think me and Connor can both agree that the whiteout uniforms are probably the best, and I'm talking about the ones that have the maroon le- the maroon lettering and numbering, all white. And then those white helmets with the with the maroon outline of the the pitchfork. The pitchfork. Oh my Beautiful. goodness! It is outstanding. And then flashback years ago to the Mike Bercovici and Jalen Strong Arizona State Sun Sun Devils when they took on Notre Dame in Tempe. And they had the black jerseys with the copper. Oh my goodness! Those those are probably my number two favorites. Right after those whiteout uniforms, just such a clean look, and it was when Arizona State first began to really start experimenting with everything. I also love whenever they rock the all forty-two jerseys in honor of Pat Tillman. Those are always a good look. I also go back to the Taylor Kelly era, where their blackout jerseys had all the gold, the gold lettering. You had the black helmets with the gold outline of the trident. Those were a really good look, too. You can never go wrong with the rest of the classic unis. And, yeah, end of the day, it's it's all about those whiteout unis. Those are easily the best of the best. 
So tell us what you think about their uniforms. If you agree or disagree with some of our opinions on those, or at least share what you think their best uniforms have been. Richie, where can they find us? Well, you can always find us on Twitter. You can find me at, at RichieBrad36. You can find Connor at Cedrios. You can find the Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page at LO underscore Sun Devils. You can also subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. So if that's Spotify or Odyssey, Apple, Apple, Apple Podcasts, excuse me, uh, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you get your music and your podcast, we're there. So subscribe to us. Monday through Friday, we put out the best Sun Devils content there is. Maybe we're biased, but me and Connor pretend to know what we're talking about better than anybody else in the business. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and close out this Thursday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for me and Connor's predictions for the game. We're going to look at some gambling props, such as the money line and the over-under. And then we're going to look at what the quote-unquote experts are saying about this game. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, this has been the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Betting on the Sun Devils doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.